Hello and welcome to the Mamia and Me podcast. Today I'm joined by fellow podcaster, comedian and father of two, Mario Rosenstock. And we also have a very special guest, Eurovision and broadcasting legend and national treasure, Dustin the Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) He's a national treasure now. Well, you know. I know he is, though. Yeah, he is. I know he is. He yeah, is, yeah, yeah. really. No, that's the only reason I'm doing this, so I can get is slagged off by him. Well, I am really excited to meet I'm excited to meet you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to meet Justin. Well, of course, we've chatted before, though. because we. Yeah, actually, I feel I feel as if, um, I feel a bit guilty about this. I feel as if you're checking up on me as a parent. Uh, good. Yeah, good. because you did this before, mm-hmm. and, uh, and now you're doing it again. Yeah. It's as if you're you're kind of going, so listen, how's this parenting thing going? I was a bit worried about you the last time. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's just it. I'm coming now. I'm armed with information and more information this time, because now... I realise that you are a South Dublin farmer. That's right. Um, a South Dublin farmer. Now, if I had a farm in South Dublin, um, I'd be worth a lot of money. But no, I was born, I was brought up on a farm right. in, in County Waterford. So I'm actually a, a, a kind of a fella from Waterford. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, what are you talking about, girl? Eh? So kind of a deep Waterford accent there, okay. although I don't want to have the Waterford accent now. But um, yeah, so I was brought up on a farm and it was a dairy farm and uh my grandparents predominantly because yeah. I ca- had kind of a kind of a an unsettled family background. Mm. So it was my grandmother and my granddad and 15 dogs and uh, cows. 15 yeah. dogs. Yeah. Um, and and God, amazing memories of the endless summer days and, you know, baling hay, yeah. sitting on baled hay, eating fresh ham sandwiches, drinking tea from a flask. Again, the danger of farms. Mm-hmm. Farms are a dangerous place. Yeah. Machinery, mm-hmm. people getting caught, your hand caught, things, anything can happen. And um, they're dangerous places. They're quiet places. They're hardworking places. My grandfather worked, get up at five in the morning to milk the cows. One of my abiding memories is, again, as a five-year-old, just holding a tiny stick in the road as, a, you know, herding 80 cattle. And 80 cattle are coming towards you and you're there, how, how, how? And you're just this tiny thing with a stick and the cattle go, because you're a human being and cattle, of course, are terrified of human beings. Even a four foot, <laughs> even a four foot tall human being with a stick can frighten 80 cattle. Th- those kind of images never leave me. And, and even words like skiok. Skiok is a, is, a, is, a, is a little branch, the part right. of a branch. And you can tear a skiok off a tree. And it's an old word for a little branch. And things like three corner fields. We had a three corner field, which is a, apparently a very mystical thing in, in Irish folklore. Three, corner. three corners um, is, you know, and uh, triangle, triangle. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise known as <laughs> exactly three corners. But it would be like kind of my grandfather would tell me years ago, I was in this field and I saw a Shea and that's like a fairy wind. Okay. And the fairy wind came down and just robbed the um, the big, huge cock of hay, took it up into the sky. And you don't know whether he's messing with you or not, um, because he's kind of maybe winding you up or maybe he's telling the truth. You don't know. But these are farms. These are magical places. Mythical, magical. They are. Terrifying. They are. And I mean, it contributes to your sense of imagination. Yeah. Animals, danger, darkness, quietness. A lot of your time spent on a farm is quiet, doing nothing. Um, You could hear not. You just, you just, there's no noise. And so you spend a lot of time mucking around, playing with the dogs, thinking to yourself and a lot goes through your head. And um, maybe it all comes out when you're older. Uh-huh. Um, and my grandmother uh, I'm, and this this kind of madness going on, like we had a dog called Max. Yeah. But my grandmother refused to call him Max. OK. She refused to call the dog Max. She didn't like the name. So she said, his name is not Max. His name is Twilight. And she was actually the one that gave me my Michael D. Higgins impression. <laughs> That's, uh, she used to talk like that. 
And she used to go, um, my grandfather used to go, his name is Max Girl. She said, his name is not Max, that is brutal, awful name. His name is Twilight. And so in the evening, they'd go out to the step to call the dog in and he'd be there, come on in, Max boy, come on in. And she'd be there, Twilight, Twilight. And he'd be there, Max, Max, Twilight, Twilight. This is the kind of madness, you know. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that made you want to be a comedian. <laughs> it made me want to be sane. Sane. Because uh, mm-hmm. coming out of a farm, you're a little bit insane. But um, and then when I was about 12 or 13, I came to live in Dublin. Yeah. And that was with my parents. Right. And then um, I was kind of I went to New Park Comprehensive okay. School. So from being a farmer yeah. in Waterford with a duffel coat and a bold bowler haircut, I went into New Park Comprehensive School age 13. I had an earring after a week. Uh, I was wearing an ACDC T-shirt and I had my hair spiked and I was kissing girls. All the cool kids go to New Park, yeah. Kids, and it was like this Park. complete fish out of water. Yeah. So when I came into the school first day, I had my briefcase and my duffel coat and my bowler hat and everybody just laughed out loud. And I thought they were kind of welcoming me, but they were literally just laughing out loud at this apparition that appeared in front of them. I have to pick up on that kissing girls thing, right? Because because mm. I remember this from our previous conversation when we chatted before oh, the yes. Irish Times and you talked about kissing girls. Right. And you talked about... Um, I kind of—I mean, you're married now, so she obviously forgave you for right. it. But but your what your uh, conversation that you had with your wife and and this kissing girls obviously led to you feeling quite confident about your ability as a kisser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean me telling her? And, that yeah. She, what did you tell her? Oh, that was awful. It was awful. This was like the first time we ever met, uh-huh. and um, so I was like twenty-five. Okay. Yeah. I think so so twenty-five, not. 15. <laughs> but anyway. 15. And Blonde was like 21. Yeah. And, um, and I, th- I think we met at Bono's nightclub. Okay. The Clar- in the Clarence Hotel. Right. And, you know, like one of those nightclub situations. And literally it was um, eyes met across a crowded room. And oh. it's ridiculous now. It sounds so lovely till we hear where you're going. <laughs> it is ridiculous, right? So literally mo- walked towards each other. So all these hands are in the way. People are dancing. Our eyes are on. It's a bit like that Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I have that image fiction. in my head. It was a bit like this. Eyes fastened on her. She had these most beautiful brown eyes. Yeah. And she still does. And she really was, for me, she was the spitting image of Vivian Lee. Mm-hmm. She looked like Vivian Lee, And I always loved Vivian Lee. And um, she was wearing this tiny um, sort of suede skirt and a white Angora top that just went down to there. And she was just petite and tiny and beautiful. And... Um, I remember we moved towards each other and the first thing we did was kiss. <laughs> it's so cheesy. It's so corny. <laughs> uh, but it probably was two o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then um, I made one of the most embarrassing statements of my life, mm-hmm. um, which obviously, terrible obviously I'm in a public place, <laughs> so I can I have no compunction about repeating it. So uh, <laughs> after the, after the, the initial kiss, we looked into each other's eyes and I went, you don't know how to kiss. Come on over here and I'll show you how. I'll leave that with you now. Ooh. So that was what. And I said later to her, I said many years later, or a few months later, I said, why did you even bother having anything to do with me after mm-hmm. I said that to you? That was the most arrogant thing anybody yeah. could say. And she went, I just couldn't believe anybody could say that. And I was, I was intrigued just to find out if there was anything underneath that. Right. <laughs> and because uh, it was just the most ridiculous statement ever. It was sort of a mixture between being a pathetic chat up line and uh, a statement of utter hubris. Um, but anyway, she let me off yeah. and um, she went away for the summer to America to work. And back then there was no internet mm-hmm. or there was no mobile phones. 
uh, I rang her house once and her mother picked up the phone and uh, and I went, hello, uh, Miss Sunny, this is uh, my name is Mario. And, la, la, la. and she went, she's in she's in America. When she comes back in two months, I'll tell her. <laughs> and uh, I think I wrote her a letter, she, uh, wrote her a letter or something. And then so she came back and her mother gave her the message two months later. I mean, this is literally car- carrier pigeon stuff now. There's the course of true love, like running, I don't know, smoothly. But like, I mean, it survived that atrocious attempt at a chat up line. <laughs> so there's that. No, there was a click though. There was a click. So that oh, got you passed. Whatever about my terrible line, right. there was chemistry. <laughs> well, there had to be. There yeah, had to there be was. to get there past was. that I, I thought she was gorgeous. And, and, and even she, that you described all that she was wearing. Like, I think if you ask yeah, most men. Yeah, that's emblazoned into my head. Like that, That's incredible. Because I think if you ask most men, and I know it's a sweeping generalisation, but I'm still sure it's true. What was your wife, partner, mm. girlfriend wearing the first time you met them? Yeah, she, oh, no. she, she, she was stunning. And she hasn't changed much. Um, um, she's still she's still got beautiful the beautiful brown eyes and the black hair, and she's still tiny and and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, now that's well, that was about thirty years ago, and uh, and I suppose I've never been one to sort of say this, but kind of time does fly yeah. a little bit. I'm usually reluctant to say that yeah. because yeah, when you think it's thirty years, time has flown. Although a lot has happened in the meantime, but um, yeah, so that was my meeting with Blonnet. And uh, you went on to have two lovely children. Yeah, we went on to have two lovely children. And it didn't happen immediately, though, because we, we had a lot of miscarriages. Yes. Yeah, so and I don't think uh, I don't think Blonde minds me saying this so mm-hmm. much. And because I, I did say it on the radio a couple of times when I was working on the radio. And uh, sometimes I find that I, I like to blurt out stuff. Mm. Hoping uh, that it won't hurt another person kind of suspecting it won't hurt another person, but knowing that it might be useful to me and maybe other people and that kind of suspecting as well that it happens to everybody. And we had three or four miscarriages. Sorry. One or two of them were, uh, one or two of them were, were, were kind of a bit worse than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I don't, that's to talk around the subject a little bit. Um, one or two of them weren't too bad. One or two of them mm-hmm. were, or felt bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking, look, I'm only the, the guy, um, only the husband and the father for whatever. But I remember thinking uh, very few things feeling as as awful, as vacuous, the vacuum of potential that was lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just me. Can you imagine how, how blown it felt? So it's a it's a peculiar type of grief. It's an unfulfilled potential grief. Um, and so anyway, uh, you bounce back. You're young. You um, live through it. And uh, we finally had, uh, you know, we finally got there with our first, which was which was Dash. And Dash was born in in 2007. Did you find when your wife was expecting Dash that you were very, really nervous after the miscarriages yeah. in particular? Like because and there's probably that expectation or, or was there that expectation for you to be stoic and supportive when you're kind of dealing with your own grief, as you said. And but also. You've got to be the, the strong man. Was that to be honest with you, I think grief is, the, look, human beings, they grieve mm. at certain things, but then they jump back and mm. they bounce back. They're adaptable. So you stop grieving. I mean, we are powerful creatures, human mm. beings, and we get used to what's in front of us. And so you don't sort of go, oh, I'm still grieving. You, well, you bounce back and you go, next, let's do this. And you're hopeful again. That's mm. the nature of human beings, to be optimistic and positive. And so by the time it happened, by the time uh, Blonde got pregnant, we, you know, we were all like, this is going to happen. And, and all, every step was great and every step of the way was fine. And, and, and it was 
and and then we, you know the eagle landed and i mean even back then we were aware that like so many people were suffering mm-hmm. with this with, with with this with this terrible uh, happenstance and it's only though in the last 15 years maybe 10 years that people have talked about it more mm-hmm. you know i remember i was doing a show on the radio on today fm sunday roast we call it and and uh, i remember somebody came on and just lit- we didn't know she was going to talk mm-hmm. about it at all. And she started talking about it and it was very, very moving. And then I started talking to her on the radio about how it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt that like um, that is one of the I mean, a lot has been opened up in, in recent years yep. in Ireland about mental health, about all sorts of subjects that we don't need to go into now. But one of them is, is miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all share, you know, I kind of did stuff on family as well. Yeah. I talked to Tommy Tiernan about issues I've had in my family. And, you know, we're not the Waltons, you know, that I used to think that one I left my friends to their door when we'd stop playing when I was younger, that they'd go into the house and behind that door was a lit fire and mum was making the dinner and dad was guiding the child and that I'd go home and that my my family were were dysfunctional and kind of only my family. Mm -hmm. And I really learned over the years that lots of families are dysfunctional and that I had nothing to be ashamed of because my family were dysfunctional and that they fought with each other and that they, they were all over the place. In some cases, it wasn't their fault that they were like that. It comes from the generation before them and maybe the lack of love that they were given. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned all that. And I learned that most families are nightmares, (laughs) not just mine. And when I learned that and by my own experience, I realized there's nothing to be ashamed of. And because there's nothing to be ashamed of, I wanted to share it with people. So that funny enough, when I talked about that, about my, my difficulties with my family, the amount of people who came up to me quietly, on the street even, at things I was doing like this, afterwards this might finish yeah. and they'd go, can I just say that um, that happened to me, that exact thing happened to me. Like I haven't spoken to my brother in 16 years or I haven't spoken to my dad for 10 years. And the funny thing about it was that when you don't speak to somebody or whatever for a long time, it doesn't necessarily mean you fought or that the hatchet went in or mm-hmm. you, you, you had this dramatic falling out. Sometimes love it disappears into a black hole. Somebody can't be capable of loving or somebody, somebody's emotions are, are, are just empty or it, it can happen. Um, we, we don't choose our family. We're born with them. You know, we choose our friends. Mm-hmm. But when you're born into this world, you look up and there they are. The two people who somebody chose to be your parents. And you may or may not bond or gel or get on forever. Or you may bond and gel and then fall out. Or you have serious disagreements, you know, so it happens all the time and it's part of life. And uh, and I just wanted to share what little I, I, I had to share about it, knowing that it might help people because I used to beat myself up about it, thinking there was something wrong with me. Do you find it hard around Christmas, though, you know, because there's so much um, so much focus on family mm. at Christmas. And like yeah. we, it, it's I suppose it's sold to us as this family time, which it is. It is mm. for, for a lot of people, but it's also that time where maybe you're particularly aware of difficulties within your own family yeah. or, or the, the dysfunction even within in your own family. Do you find that's when you're aware of it or has that passed? We go away every Christmas. Right. OK. So, so you've kind of answered yeah. the question. We love going away at Christmas. Yeah. And maybe that's because one of the reasons, certainly maybe from my point of view, maybe from Blano's point of view as well, is that is that Christmas doesn't necessarily mean happy families for mm-hmm. us all. So we kind of invented our new Christmas, a Christmas where it would be a holiday, mm-hmm. a holiday with our kids. And yeah. we come back for the second half of Christmas, like just after Christmas. But we normally go away for Christmas. 
and spend Christmas abroad and, uh, you know, bounty on the beach and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And, and uh, they love it. And um, and so, yeah, maybe that maybe that, and that is pr- presumably part of it because there's an awful lot of tension yeah. in Christmas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's family, but tension, mm-hmm. family tension, expectation, nervous anticipation, foreboding. Mm-hmm. Remember last year? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Coming again. Yeah. And, that, and, and that expectation. And I mean, no wonder in Ireland we do say, did you get through the Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> we don't go, did you enjoy Christmas? It's not accidental phrasing. No, no it's not accidental phrasing. <laughs> Ireland, did you get through the Christmas? <laughs> they do. Did you get through it? It's more like, you know, Storm um, Matilda or something. Did brace you get, yourself, you Brace Mary. yourself for, you know, you know, so like, yeah, yeah, the, uh, a kind of a, uh, sort of one of those uh, USA assorted biscuits grazed me and uh, only only injured my ear, but I got through it. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I, when I say any of this, I mean I'm not I'm not painting a, a, a sad uh, thing. This is this is life, and we all have we have the most wonderful Christmases mm-hmm. now, you know. But but you know when you're in a kind of a semi dysfunctional family thing, Christmas usually isn't 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 always great. Yeah. Not just at Christmas. I mean, when, when Dash was born, mm. um, did you feel that because maybe of, of your own experience growing up and your own difficulties with your relationship with your dad in particular, did did you want to do things differently? Not just Christmas, but as a whole, were you very conscious of that in your parenting? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, ridiculously, studiedly conscious of kind of going, right, you've seen how it shouldn't happen. Let's make it happen well, mm-hmm. and in fact, I was in. I've, I've always been in danger of overworking it. Right, like don't try too hard. So, I took the view of just do your best, okay. but always be there, be there for him, be there for her, be there, listen, be there, love them, be their friend, love them, be firm when you have to be, be a per- be a be a friend, be a parent, but be there. Be there for everything they do and don't frighten them away. Don't frighten them away mm. by by being too austere or stern. Don't make them fear you. Be firm, but make them love you. Let them love you. Let them love you. Let them into your heart. Let them into your world. Talk about stuff at the at the table early. Open them up to adultish conversations, mm-hmm. you know. Don't make them feel like kids, but yet them enjoy their childhood. Um, and just, just, but mainly just be there for, for them. And in my world, when I, I do a lot of shows and I'm busy and I'm writing a lot and I tour and stuff, I've always made it a kind of a, a deal breaker for myself that there's hardly anywhere in Ireland um, I won't come back after night one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I get really homesick. Yeah. And uh, so the only two places I generally don't come back from that night are places are probably Donegal, Castle Bar and Killarney. Okay. I'm conscious of the presence mm. of the adult, of the of the parent, the presence of the parent. And that's all they want me to be present and uh, and and just just there and just be there for them. That's it. And do you find it different raising um, a boy and a girl? Do you find that like, I suppose you've spoken about things having changed there, even when you were talking about miscarriages there. And I know you've mm. spoken about mental health, you referenced mm. it there as well. Do you think like we still have pretty different expectations of boys and girls? Society does. I know things are improving, but do you find as a dad raising them that you have, not that you necessarily treat them differently, but you're so aware of the different 
the different maybe expectations and the different challenges that they might face based on being boys and girls, boys um, or girls? Yeah, you see, now I think, I think they're entering a different yeah. world now. Right. I think from from observing Dash with his friends and the stuff they hear in school, mm-hmm. it has been brought onto the table much, much more. Okay. This idea of talking to about things. Right. All right. So, and I remember there was a picture on the back of, um, I think it was the Irish Independent and it was two boys who had finished playing a junior rugby match yep. and it was a massive photograph mm-hmm. and they were from the competing schools and one had beaten the other. One of the boys was crying from the opposite team but the other boy from the winning team had his hand around his shoulder. I saw that photo. Yeah. It was gorgeous. He had his yeah. hand around his shoulder and he was he was escorting him off the pitch and really nurture and really listening mm. to him and and being there for him. And it was an it was an example of how tactility, being tactile, um hugging each other, touching each other is now much more in the public realm among youngsters than it used to be. Yeah. Um so I think that has opened up. I mean, a, a lot of things about young people nowadays you know, make me very hopeful. Yeah. You know, their ability mm-hmm. to talk about these kind of things, their ability to open up and their ability to be empathetic. Yeah. And to their their ability to access their emotional intelligence impresses me a lot. Other stuff is 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 trickier. The stuff with distraction and, and social media and and folk and focus and all this is tricky for them. But they do have good access to their emotions, I think, a lot of them. And that impresses me. How old is Dash? So he's 16 now. He's 16. So you're not worried like um, about the likes of Andrew Tate and how he might infiltrate sim- uh, social media, you know, getting that boys yes, there. Oh, that's also oh, your, yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. My own personal um, viewpoints is that it's corrosive. Mm-hmm. It's hugely negative and it presents a, it presents a gnarled and distorted view of what a male mm-hmm. can and should be. It's very binary, winners, losers, mm-hmm. black and white, uh, you know, suckers, cheaters, um, uh, dominant, weak. It's a completely distorted view. It has none of the nuance that real, mm-hmm. um, real, real human beings are about. Um, and Andrew Tate is a con man and he's, he's, he's a, he's a grifter and um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he is what he is, but you know, I, I think he's a, he's a, he's a negative influence. I was I know I know we again we spoke about this a little bit before Dash and that you work you do things together with oh, him yeah. and he sees you as a cool dad. Is this true? Well, I, I, going I on a podcast. I won't speak. Yeah, cause I won't <laughs> speak for him. But no, what I, what I meant was that um, I mean, obviously, I'm involved in this area, which is you know um, satirizing politicians yeah. and satirizing public figures and doing current events and turning them upside down and flipping them and holding people to account and all this. And that's, in, a, in, a, in essence, a form of mini rebelliousness. Yeah. And of course, he regards that then, quite rightly from his age point, as cool. Like, yeah, you know, so somebody might go, as your, your dad does all those, you yeah. know, taking the piss out of Pascal Donahue and Leo yeah. Varadkar and all. He's, that's cool. <laughs> so it is, I'm lucky that the area I'm in at the moment is, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm. I, he can kind of see it in mm-hmm. a, in a kind of a a cool a cool way. Um, so I'm waiting for the moment that he just goes. He gets sick of my funny voices and goes. I'm past that now. I'm done that. <laughs> you know. But uh, and he does. You know, he has helped me out with videos and stuff. And I have been dressed as Miriam mm-hmm. O'Callaghan in a dress and my long wig. And he's there. No, do it again, Dad. Your hair was in shot the last time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm there. This is crazy. My son is acting as my cameraman, and uh, and uh, and then he might go, yeah, no, the last Marty Morrissey when you showed more chest was really good. <laughs> And I'm going, oh, my God, he's directing me. <laughs> so so there's a little director in him. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he and he loves kind of cameras. He likes. I remember when I take him, took him to my first Geef Grub live show mm-hmm. um, in the Olympia. And he, he wanted to know what was happening side stage and behind stage. OK. And that was interesting. We noticed that, that like he was interested in how does it happen? And um, so he was at the beginning less interested in my content at the beginning and more interested in how, how you make it happen. And so there's a bit of a maybe a bit of a director there somewhere. Uh, forevermore, anytime I listen now to you doing Michael D. Higgins, I'll be thinking of your granny. <laughs> that oh, that is true. And absolutely, she used to tell me, she used to give me wonderful encouragement and say, you're wonderful. And you're, you're so funny and you're like Ireland Sue Grant with your beautiful blonde hair and your blue eyes. Ireland Sue Grant, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> she used to get really big me up, really big me up now. And she used to say, Jack Bogart. Doug Burgard, of course, this this matinee idol from England yeah. in the fifties and sixties, and she used to tell me about actresses called Hermione Gingold and John Gielgud, and uh, she sounded exactly to me like Michael D Higgins, I must say. Um, so yeah, sometimes <laughs> you base your impressions that you hear of people yeah. on other people, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you don't necessarily base them on them, you know. Right, you, it's, a, you, it's a kind of a hybrid. And how do you decide who you're going to do impressions of? I decide who I'm going to do. There's a number of criteria. Right. So one, who are they famous? Okay. Right. Does everybody know them? Yeah. Two, are they powerful? Right. Three, do a lot of people follow what they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, four, um, are they noticeable, but not that famous? Okay. So in other words, are they somebody, ah, oh, your man. Yeah. That th- it could be a weather person. Right. Who everybody knows. Yeah. But they're not famous. Right. But everybody knows them. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be somebody on the radio who you hear all the time, isn't that important or famous, but has a kind of a little funny quirk. Okay. But mainly it's to do with um, your notoriety, um, power, yeah. um, and then there are your own personal attributes yourself. So so there would be, do you have a funny voice? Mm-hmm. Do you look funny? Um, do you look interesting? Um, so, for example... A, com- a problem I would have had right. um, would have been trying to do somebody like Barack Obama. So for many reasons, I don't look like him. I found it difficult to sound like him. And three, there wasn't much to take the piss out of. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was so impressive and controlled and smart and cool that there isn't much to m- there isn't much to go on. Right. And I remember looking across at America and going, what are they doing? And they had the same problems. They had millions of Obamas. and None yeah. of them were getting anywhere. Yeah. Because... He is a credible human being. What you need is somebody who tries to pretend they're a credible human being, but is actually ridiculous. I'm thinking of the people who are listening to this who are going, he does impressions on me. <laughs> he does impressions on me. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's not that they're ridiculous. It's, it's not that they're ridiculous. No, 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 no it's not they're ridiculous. I remember like, you know, Ender Kenny, what Ireland needs, Jen? <laughs> now, boom, boom. Listen to me. <laughs> what Ireland needs is a man of strength, a man of steel, a man who knows where he's pointing and why he's pointing and who he's pointing at. And you're there. Are you for real? Or Joan Burton, who is there. Can I just say, Jen, I am the best parent ever. I am Mother Ireland. They're all my children and they're all on social welfare. So, like, I, and you would go, I remember she, I met her in a lift once and she went, she went, uh, I remember it was me and her in a lift and she was about six foot one in heels. Is she tall? Yeah. Big long legs. I haven't met John, all right. Yeah. 
and she was wearing heels. And uh, I have a propensity for doing long legged women. Right. And uh, she was in the lift and she, she we were in the lift for 10 seconds and she turns around to me and she says, you can't do me. You do a great Willie O.D., but you can't do me. And because the only time I'd ever done her, when I started doing her was after one appearance she made on Vincent Brown. Okay. One appearance in which Vincent, she accused Vincent Brown of haranguing me. Stop haranguing me, Vincent. And he's like, I'm not haranguing you. I'm asking, I'm asking you a simple question, John Burton, and you will answer me. Stop. And then that was the first time she made that noise that resembled a kind of a, kind of a seagull and uh, I meant every time I do John Burton now I'm going to sound like a, like that We're winners baby We've won the National Parenting Product Award for Best Family Supermarket From our fabulous Mamiya range of organic food nappies wipes and snacks to our pocket friendly groceries Parents across Ireland know that Aldi is the perfect place to shop and now we've got the trophy to prove it What else could you wish for from our Mamiya range? A podcast? Way ahead of you and that's a winner too Honestly we couldn't be nappier Aldi every day amazing I remember Michael Noonan I just remember I remember once I just I was at a gig and yeah. I saw this sausage finger beckoning me forward it was like a big sausage I went towards the sausage and I went and it was Michael Noonan he was minister yeah. of, he was the leader of Fine Gael mm-hmm. and he went why don't you ever do me at all you never do me you're always doing your man birthday of Hearn lying around the place Roger the Dodger avoiding everybody you never do me why don't you do me at all <laughs> would you ever do me and I, for the next week then I was doing him it took me a while to learn him and then, um, you know, so so you do people, politicians, yeah. you know, but then again, there are many Irish politicians who have been in cabinet, for example, yeah. who have never done because they don't stand out. OK, so also. And that's if you're, not necessarily to slag them off. If you're not ridiculous, you don't stand out. No one's if, coming out of this well. <laughs> r- ridiculous is one way of looking at Colourful is another way. OK, I mean, uh, might um, be more acceptable. I mean, look at our politicians at the moment, yeah. right? Mackenzie Higgins. Yeah. He's outstanding, but he is very colourful. Yeah. Pascal Donahue, uh-huh. he is the best boy in the class. Seven one seven seven two fourteen. I'm a fantastic parent. Thank you very much. I have three point four two five children, and um, <laughs> all this sort of stuff. So, so he's very, um, you know, Leo, uh, very colourful guy. You know, always putting his foot in it. Uh, wonderful uh, sense of, you know, no matter what he says, he makes a balls of it. Uh, so even if he doesn't make a balls of it, he's made a balls of it by saying he didn't make a balls of it because he did make a balls of it. So. Yeah, he's fantastic as well. So the colourful, colourful characters, you know, so yeah. they're everywhere. It's probably one of the things that defines them as being successful. The fact that they're colourful, you know, for a long time there in England, there was nobody for me to do. Nobody for years. It was just Millie Band this and Millie mm. Band that and all these guys who so looked and sounded exactly the same, exactly the same like this. And then, of course, it all just went mental after 2016. And suddenly you have, you know, you know, may I say, you know, absolutely wonderful to be here. Uh, and all these crazy Jacobies, wrong people came out and all these really, really terrible people. And wonderful sort of characters to do. So, um, so comedians were saying hooray for the Conservatives anyway. <laughs> yeah, they definitely were. And, um, and Ireland, long may it last, has, has got so many colourful um, uh, characters in public life yeah. you know I was reading this thing that said that you talk to yourself and you've been called out about talking to yourself at home that they can oh, hear yeah. you speaking out loud to yourself and I was thinking don't we all do that I, I do that sometimes I but we, I I then then I wonder do you do it in, in funny voices yep I was, I, the, are you I, having conversations I, your characters with each other I check myself all the time you know um, and this morning I was in the shower 
and I got a knock. Just it, it happens now. The yeah. knock on the door of the shower because I was singing as Christy Moore in the shower because I knew I had a song to do as Christy Moore. Right. And Blonde <laughs> was passing and she heard me. She heard me going, I was singing a song about Christmas parties. I was singing a song about don't make a fool of yourself at Christmas parties. We're all after the Christmas party. We're all going to be there. We're all going to be drinking like whores. And you know, don't be doing this, don't be doing that. Don't be doing, don't be doing, don't be doing. If you see the camera phones go out, run for the hills, run for the hills. And then she was, I heard, oh, you're doing it again. Oh, sorry. I don't even know I'm doing it. I so, wanted to join So you're having, like, you're making a sandwich. You're making a sandwich and, and, and you're going, so anyway, I'd just like to say, uh, Deputy, that uh, I, I, Kian Corla, may I assure everybody, it's Michelle Lamas going forward. Sinn Fein will. No, I wouldn't listen to Deputy uh, Mary Lou MacDonald at all. Uh, I think you know, and you're just there, and she's tap on the shoulder. You're doing it again. Oh, sorry. That's it. Because what you're doing is you're writing your script. Yeah. So you're just saying out your script that in your mind you're writing lines. You're thinking of lines. All right. That's all you're doing. <laughs> all you're doing is thinking of lines. You know, it's the same as, you know, I'm sure Tom Jones. Is when he's in the shower, he is sometimes going, What's new, pussy girl? Whoa! I'm sure he does sometimes. I'm sure he does. Tom, stop! (laughs) You're doing, Oh, sorry, love. That's terrible Welsh accent. (laughs) Sounds like a Jamaican. (laughs) He possibly is. He possibly is. But is it Christy Moore? It's not like, you know, Tom Jones. Is it the same as having Christy Moore like in the shower? Obviously not. Oh, no. I'm not in the shower with Christy Moore. (laughs) Singing in the shower, to clarify. Um, Are you sweating or you're in the shower? I can't (laughs) tell if it's water on your face or sweat. Jesus Christ. I'll I'll, want a bit of Tahiti shampoo on you. Yeah, so, no, yeah. So um, it's not having Christy Moore in the shower. It's being Christy Moore in the shower. Being Christy Moore in the shower. Although now you've put me in a very strange and odd position. I'm glad to be of service. <laughs> so tell us about this new podcast before I launch my defamation case. Was it being Christy Moore in the shower or having Christy Moore in the shower? Or diddly idle doodle daddle da? So yeah, t- that, that that kind of stuff. I mean, um, I love dressing up. I love doing women and I love doing Miriam. I think there's a bit of a cross-dresser in me. Breaking news. Um, Miriam. Does Miriam like you doing Miriam? Well, no. I have loads of texts from Miriam. Right. And, uh, you know, the texts, some of them are that long. Right. And uh, some of them are very fat, flattering. Okay. But then you read into the kind of the subtext of the flattery and you go, she's almost telling you, now, stop it. <laughs> You're brilliant. <laughs> You're so good. Genuinely, it's amazing. You're a genius. <laughs> Just fucking stop it, you? <laughs> Do you know when somebody's kind of goes on about it and really enjoyed that last one? Pity it has to end now. <laughs> it's not ending. <laughs> Really? <laughs> is she your favourite to do or is no. there someone who'd be your favourite? The new one. Whatever the new one is. I, I love is. doing yeah. her, but yeah, they're all your babies, yeah. really, you know, and, and new ones which you nail yourself yeah. are your favourite ones to do. Right. So when I started doing Roy Keane and nobody else was doing them. Yeah. And that was my favourite because uh I had a kind of a I had a kind of a hold on him mm. and people then started other people started doing Roy Keane but it sounded like my Roy Keane. Okay. I remember there was a fella on who went on Liveline yeah. years ago and uh, Liveline Good afternoon to you. Okay, Liveline, Liveline we're going to listen to impressions. Is anybody doing impressions out there? Michael. How are you Joe? Michael, where are you from? Atten Roy Joe. Who do you do Michael? Roy Keane, Joe. Roy Keane. Do your Roy Keane. Ha 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 credit to our credit to impressions. <laughs> no, no, no that doesn't sound like Roy Keane. That is Roy Keane, Joe. No, no, no. That's Mario Rosenstock doing Roy Keane. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> Shut up. Stop doing ha 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 ha. 
So uh, so you kind of do little patents and yeah. you get little patents on, on characters that you do yourself and then other people because they become well known other people car- uh, copy them. I'm waiting so, to hear someone do you. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- there th- uh, there hasn't been many people I haven't heard many people do me. Or There's an those, idea for someone. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have one of those kind of I have one of those kind of broadcasty voices that is hard to do. I, although I thought I used to think Gay Byrne was hard to do, and yeah. then and 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 then and then I mastered Gay Byrne. Right. So I, I I can tell you now I'm really good at Gay Byrne. So Gay Byrne, I found out that Gay Byrne was within my own voice. So it would be the whole thing of going like that, and it's a kind of a a very very sort of almost superior thing, where you talk to somebody, don't you know, in a kind of a sing songy way. <laughs> But there we are. There's Jen Hogan, a lovely, lovely girl. And she's going to be talking to us all. Don't you know about the subject of, you got it, parenting. Mommy, daddy, there they are. Two kids in the car. Up you go. Christmas is coming. Santa Claus. All that jazz. There they are. Wonderful, wonderful people. And I realised that Gay was actually hovering inside my own voice. There he was. There he was, just um, waiting to get out. Waiting to get out, don't you know? Actually, Gay, while we have you here, could you introduce our next guest? Thank you, Jen. Wonderful to be here. Happy Christmas to all of you who are parenting, are intending to be parents, are trying it on. You know yourself. But it is Christmas time. And what does Christmas mean, folks? Exactly. It means a toiki. What did I say that in a New York accent for? Because that's Auntie Gabo. Talking like a New Yorker, we've got a toiki on the programme, a toiki called Dustin, and he's going to humiliate me. In he comes. Clobber, clobber, clobber. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Dustin the turkey, folks. Destined to humiliate Auntie Gabo. So, Dustin, how are yes, you? Yes, you good, Jay. How are you, Jay? Hi, Dustin. How are you, good, Jay? Freeland for the turkeys. All the vegans <laughs> event. Look, they're trying to turn down the thing. Two, 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 two. Hello, Mike. Oh, oh, sorry, Mike. How you doing, Jen? Looking beautiful. How are you, Dustin? Go on, you good thing. How are you, Mary? How are you? You're looking good, my man. Looking Dustin, good. Yeah. Ian Dempsey says hello. Ah, oh, is he still alive? Yeah. Ah, oh, brilliant. He's, he says he's really, really delighted. For Ian Christmas. Dempsey launched my career. He did actually, didn't he? Yeah, he's the man to blame. Yeah, Jesus. And <laughs> Ray, you know? Do you know what I saw? Who I saw the other day as well? Ray Darcy says hello as well. This Ray Darcy. Hello, you Give us a bit of Ray there, Mario. Oh, that's a brilliant. Yeah. How are you? Well done. Well done. Anyway, I suppose he's going to slag me off now. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Go on. I well done. Love it. I just, uh, Jen, I had to work with Ray Darcy, right? Right. For nine years. Yeah. How was that? Well, <laughs> The problem was I was always taller than him and that bugged him, you know. And plus I was a better presenter than him. And, you know, but I stayed true to the boys and girls. He legged it off. Like like most people in my life. I'm not giving out to Ian. Ian had to do the runner, Mario, you know. He had to get off the den. But uh, I won't go into reasons why, but missing stationery wasn't the only thing, right? <laughs> he stole CDs as well, I think. But they were vinyl back then. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. And Jen, then, then, then Ray Darcy came along. So that was just, that was just penance and torture. Dustin, are you working in RTE at the moment what's the vibe like in there Mario can I just correct you something no one actually works in RTE <laughs> they might go into the building but no one actually works no, no sorry I, the I, last I, person who worked in there was the independent observer from Stokes Henley and Crowley <laughs> doing the lotto do you remember his name, I Alex? remember every Friday we'd be down fixing up the balls trying to win it you know with Shirley Temple Bar getting all the balls out so we could win the lotto have you been in RTE then forget about working have you been in RTE oh what's yeah the... I have I love going in sometimes I, I do those sort of places Jen I love going to I, places and you're still welcome well you said when, when you say the word welcome the big poster that says do not let in and it's a picture of me on it yeah no I, I sort of still I, I love going to places like that like um, 
Glass Nevin Cemetery, uh, the Dead Animal Museum, places that have no life in them. <laughs> you know, like so. Oh, come here, how's, how's, the, how's the young turkeys? I would do, we're a bit worried, but uh, like, I have my, my new political party now. I have the poultry before people party. I've ditched Fianna Fowl. It just wasn't oh. working. Yeah. We weren't, you're not allowed to do the brown envelopes or anything anymore. Oh. So we, we yeah. had to get real, Jen. So uh, I've got the Feathered Friend Alliance as well. So we're, 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 I'm getting all my brothers and sisters and all my turkeys and I'm going to be selling them to Aldi. This, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to be supporting and, and making sure that they're free and, and spreading the vegan word, making sure that, uh, you know, the people know that there's alternatives to, to turkey for the That's tradition. That's true, actually. Go vegan this vegan, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I will go vegan. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And, 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 and I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually pushing the seagull as the new uh, Christmas dinner because, I mean, who's ever met a nice seagull? You know, Jen, yourself, and you're sitting out in Dolly Mount Strand and you're having your bag of chips and he swoops in and yeah. grabs you. Turkeys yes. never do that. They don't. No, no yeah. turkey has ever robbed my chips. Yeah, so no, what no. would you, can you, cook a, can you cook a seagull like, I mean? Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, microwave, air fryers. That's why God invented air fryers. <laughs> air fryers. The drawers, you stick two seagulls in, they're done in 15 minutes. <laughs> Cut the feet off. So come here. What what are the what, what are the kids looking for for Christmas? Well, basically, there's a, there's a bit of everything. See, it's, of course, it's all phones now and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I've heard a lot of them are looking for seagull dinners. How many kids is there now that you have? What? That's how many kids? I sorry, I I don't look. I, I, as I always say, I'm happy collecting the ch- uh, the child allowance, <laughs> but not the responsibility. That's Jen, what it is. Have you ever had Dustin on the parenting podcast? I mean, to ask him what is it? He's a bit evasive, a bit like your man. Well, I'm just wondering what it would be like. I mean, obviously, obviously as a human, as a turkey, to be a father. What is it, a father? Father? No, no, you see, but but people forget that, like, I've been, like, I worked on children's television for 27 years. So I've seen generations and generations and I've seen all the changes and stuff like Mm. that. But the one thing that never changes is a child's imagination. And that's the beauty. And children are more intelligent than adults. So you you can't fool the boys and girls. And we've always said that. That's why we've always respected our viewers. That's why we worked. And that's why, like, uh, you know, uh, I love your podcast, by the way, Jen. I, I love the fact that, I, I, like, I was going to go, actually, I got you, I got you a present, Jen. Sorry, well, that's hello, very hello. kind of you. That's nice. <clears throat> oh, flipping hell. Yeah. Now, this, this is something from me past here. That, Thanks, that Justin. Not many people, you can open it. No I worries, it's it. safe, it's safe. Yeah, I just got, <laughs> got it for the whole family. I was right. going to get one each, but I'd have to cut down a Brazilian rainforest. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Now, you're Jen, only man, I remember that one. Yeah, you're the only man. The party. That was, that was, that was, that was 1980. Yeah, your man Mary beat me to the pole. Yeah, but well it. done. She, she actually became a brilliant president. So, but the first TV show she did mm. uh, when she became president was the Den. She came on yeah. with myself and Zig and Zag. I remember it. Yeah, it's, it's just like mm-hmm. so. As I always say, I always have huge respect for Mary Robinson. Like, because everyone else just went up and lived in the big house and basically, you know stole paintings and things but Mary actually yeah. went in and made a difference I think I would have made a good president myself you would have yeah. what do you think of Michael D though is he, has he done it done the business again yeah <laughs> I think Michael D is brilliant yeah. a poem a poem Macarda. Uh, <laughs> I mean who wants to hear a poem and especially who wants to hear a poem in Irish mm. <laughs> out, the Aldi people are out there going stop stop dishing the Irish language I'm only messing Parik Connors a tattoo. Carry a horse. Uncouple. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I think Michael D is brilliant. He's a brilliant ambassador. So do I. We have a real life leprechaun flying over around the world. It's just brilliant. So might you consider it then? Well, it's something I did, like I considered in the past. Could yeah. I move to a smaller house? Uh, now, it's one of them things that, uh, look, I, I might wait and see. I think... Uh, Mario's friend Miriam could be in next, but it's... Mm, not- do you think? Uh, do you know who I always thought? I always thought Tuberty was going to run. 
Mm. Yeah, well, he did. He was run out of RTE. <laughs> <laughs> two, two. Hello, hello, two, two, two. Sorry, I am on. Yeah, yeah, I am on. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that went <laughs> that went well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, no, no. In fairness, I met Ryan the other day and I had a good conversation with him. I said, yeah. "I'll have fries at mine," and uh, he said, "You want that? You want cheese on your cheeseburger?" I saw it on his Instagram. He put it out yeah. on one of his yeah. Instagram. Yeah, but feeds, myself yeah. and Ryan are actually good pals. Like, yeah. in fairness, he let me on the Late Late Show all the time, yeah. unlike yeah. the plank, you know. So, so. And I'm what about Keelty? Has any word of Keelty? Has he? Is he? I thought he did a brilliant tie show. I mean, yeah. the, the problem is the other seven shows he's done. I was surprised not to see you turn up for the toy show. Well, you know, I think everyone's going because I because I did it with the plank and because I did it with mm. the late, great, amazing, brilliant. I heard you do an impression earlier, Mario, who I love. Yeah. In yeah. Best broadcast ever, Gay Burton. I yeah. just took like genius. And I love doing it with Gay because the rehearsals. See, the problem with Gay is, right? Mm. And, and you, you you touched on Mario when you're doing it. He, he nearly, he knew he was like he talked down to you in a way but I mean that in the best way because he was just such a brilliant broadcaster but you'd be you'd be sitting there shaking like yeah. it was like Christmas Eve with me every time I met Gay Byrne I'd be like Ehh! because yeah. I just didn't know what because I respected the man now yeah. like he says now Dustin you say that and I'll do this and yeah. oh ho it'll be great and everything will be brilliant yeah. and in fairness he was so professional he, uh, and you learned a lot from him but the thing was did I enjoy doing it with him when we were live and doing it, yeah, but the rehearsals, you'd be sitting there. And I'm yeah. telling you, I think I think I was so nervous once I actually laid an egg in my pants. Jesus. And yeah. what about Plank? Oh, Pat, sorry. <laughs> I, I just think that was, I thought that was really funny oh, what he did. Mm. That the fact that um, RTE decided to pay him 950,000 punts, not mm-hmm. even euro, mm-hmm. to turn up on a show that he couldn't present. I always said he made the toy show on his own. Like mm. the way he never engaged with the kids, looked at his watch and sweated through his... Uh, remember, he used to wear blue sweatshirts with late, yeah. late written on it. Yeah. I mean, he really brought the fun to it. <laughs> he did, I wonder yeah. how his Rocky bought out and dark he is for a million quid. Uh, he's worried about the Badgers now as well, yeah. No, I, I do, I do. I have to say, I, I, I loved working with Gay. I'd love to be on the toy show with Patrick Kilty. I think, I think the man's mm. maybe I, he's I, saving you for your, his first New Year guest or something. I, I, well, I hoped, but now would be the toy. Have to do the toy show, Jen. It'd have to be the toy show. I wouldn't go on. I think you might have to be okay. in Northern Turkey as well, Dustin. Maybe yeah, well, it's, there's somewhere a big wind your nothing. What about you, big man? <laughs> Can you do a Northern Northern <laughs> Dustin? What about you, wee man? What about oh, you, big man? <laughs> yeah. Wind your nothing. Ah, loyalist Turkey. Right. Would you like a bag of chops with that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely, you'll definitely be a definitely shopping center. Would you welcome now on to the late late show, the great northern Dustin the turkey? Well, a big one of each, Patty. What of each, and a big one of each, and you're on my road there. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening here, Jen. This Republican is Turkey. Well, yeah. I, I was going to ask you, have you any more Christmas songs coming out? Because my kids love Christmas tree. Ah, uh, you that. know what? I, I'd love to make, look, look, I'd love to do a great honour to the late, great Shane McGowan, maybe do Fairy Tale in New York again, which, yeah. because, look, I did it with uh, Derby Curran and the problem is no one, I know Ronan Keaton butchered the song, another pal of yours, Mario. Yeah, I love him. But uh, I, I, I just think it should be left alone. But I do think I left something behind. I'd love to do it with Mary Coughlin or someone, that big bluesy mm. voice and just bang out fairy tale in New York. But then, is anyone ever going to better Kirsty and Shane? No. No, no, it's too brilliant. It's absolutely just, amazing. I was doing um, I was doing Christy Moore earlier on, Dustin, and you know I know the way it's you worked business. with not you know, in the shower, not in the shower. That's a second. <laughs> yeah. reference you know the way you did. You worked with Joe Dolan and Bob Geldof and everything. Yeah, they're did, all dead now. Did you ever? Did you ever ask to work with, or did you ever work with Christy? No, I, I actually I did ask to work with Christy. Mm. Two of them to turn me down. The only two people to turn me down yeah. were because Bono did appear in one of the videos in the yeah. end. So he wouldn't do it, but but yeah. Uh, 
Christy Moore turned me down. Yeah. I, I don't know why, because he said he was a fan. He, he, and I'm a massive fan of Christy. And the other person who turned me down was B.B. Baskin, believe it or not. <laughs> For si- you, but that is, wasn't no, for singing, though, was it? We wanted to do Don't You Want Me, Baby, <laughs> as in the human lead song. At working in Eddie Rockets, right? Don't you and want I'd me, be baby. outside the window in the rain and was it be looking in like yeah. this. What camera are I on? Camera seven? Camera yeah. eight? Or yeah. just camera seven? Yeah, camera ne- yeah. And I'd be outside the window going, Don't you want me, baby? <laughs> don't you want me? Oh! But the prop baby said, I won't say what she said, right? Because, but... It was a no. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. that. But she was laughing when she said it. But it, she said I haven't an out in my head. I said either have I, but I've nine number ones. So uh, yeah, no, it was brilliant. My dad, my dad dated BB Baskin. What? Yeah. <laughs> he did. So, really? I remember. Yeah, we were having a party in our house around Christmas yeah. once. Anyway, and my father comes ambling in with BB Baskin on his arm, and I'm going, "What the? What's going on now? We, are you? Is this funny or is this is this real?" Because BB wasn't a bad looker in her day. I think BB was lovely. See, I got yeah. on really well with BB. She's great fun. You know what yeah. I mean? No, no, this is not funny. This is this is this is real. It's a real truth. Is funnier than fiction. So you could be calling BB Baskin mum now. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you want me, BB? Brilliant. Don't you want me? Come on, all together. Oh, don't, don't you we all need to be at the same part. Yeah, but that's we could all be in the diner walking around. <laughs> yeah, but they're the only two people to turn me down was Christy Marr and Baby Basket. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone we asked, like when Bob Geldof he said yes, I couldn't believe it because yeah. I was a massive Rats fan and the Live Aid, Self Aid, and yeah. you know. What one did you do with Bob Geldof? I did a uh, Rat Trap. And we went to number one, yeah. It was and brilliant. the Joe Dolan one was amazing. Oh, that was good, yeah. That was that good. Was good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not mentioning I did one with Christa Berg. We'll keep that secret. Because I live I live near Joe Dolan, you where you Joe Dolan used to live. Oh, big uh, fox rock. <laughs> oh, look at you, Mario. You managed I, to keep your I didn't money say well it. done. I knew you. you'd bring it up there, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Joe used to go into this place called Thomas's all the time, which is a great store. Uh, there in, um, in oh I know it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, and uh, yeah so the memories of Joe live on live I think on, I'm in yeah. a Russell Carroll Kelly book at that's the moment right. this Same. is up in the green in Fox, uh, Fox Rock is it, it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's yeah. the restaurant called again it's it's Thomas's oh yeah Thomas's the, sh- yeah. the fruit and veg isn't yeah, it fruit and veg, veg shop yeah. yeah what are the plans for Christmas Day so well, I, I, it's basically, you have to keep a low profile. I mean, I don't enjoy Christmas really till Stevens's day, or mm. as the Brits say, the Boxing Day. So, you know, it's just keep a low profile. Okay. I always used to say, uh, um, when I was on the Late Late Show, they'd say, how are you going to uh, keep safe over Christmas? I'm going to say, I'm going to hide out where no one will see me. And I'd say, they'd say, where's that? And I'd say, T.G. Cahar. And the audience <laughs> would laugh. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just one of them silly jokes. But, like, <laughs> you do have to keep a low profile, Jen. I might do yeah. the usual, go over to the show with sisters for dinner, you know. Yeah. Oh. They um, do. How are they? Uh, they're grand. Grania's, Grania's sort of giving out, I give Sheila more time, and then Sheila's giving yeah. out, I'm giving Grania more yeah. time. So, you know, it's all They end that's... up fighting over you. Yeah, but they all do. They yeah, all do. Yeah. And then Vogue Williams. Don't get me started in oh, her. Oh, well, I love Vogue and Joanne. I love that one. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a po- another good podcast, yeah. you know? Not quite a parenting podcast, but. No. Not quite parenting. Not no. quite. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> quite of the opposite of parenting. <laughs> Not quite. I love Vogue. I love, uh, she is actually really sweet. And I love Joanne as well. I really yeah. love Joanne. I love that raspy voice. 
But they're just um, two brilliant, talented people. And I, like it, I, I just loved them. And, like, uh, and Joanne, people think Joanne's an overnight success. Joanne was gigging for about 10 years before she got the break. So, yeah. you know, fair play, Joanne. Oh, she was, yeah. We love you. Yeah, I yeah, mean, and he's still doing building and stuff like that. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Ripping people. I mean, doing uh, building, of course, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and is that your main sort of... Oh, yeah, half yeah. the job twice the time, Mario. Like, it's dusting <laughs> your own hand a bit of yeah. So you're doing a little bit of, a little bit of RTE, mainly building. Uh, mm, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was Jen, not me. <laughs> that was Jen, is there? <laughs> this is the great thing about doing kids' TV. Yeah. If there was ever a pause in it, you'd... fart. Yeah, yeah, it's all grand. Fart, remember talking about kids' good. TV, Dustin? Um, we went to Sopot once for the uh, the 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 football, the the yeah. European Championships, and I was in, getting out of the coming out of the airport with Ian Dempsey, and who came out of the airport behind us? The Minister for Sport, I think, at the time. It was Leo Varadkar. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And we got it. He said, he said oh, can I share a cab with you? And we went, yeah, go on, get into the cab. Yeah. So he says to Ian in the back of the cab, um, you know, I sent um, I sent uh, a drawing into you when you were on Dempsey's den. You serious? Yeah, and, and you and got you to sign it. Leo, five years of age. And did it actually appear? It did. Because we, like, literally, without yeah. exaggeration, no. we would get about 40,000 drawings. Yeah. He because... said he was on. It was his one. His oh, one was delighted. on. Leo, age that was five. That's what started it. Leo, age five. Saw, could be worth like money this. now. I, I, Jen, I'll have to go back out to RT, go through the mailbags. That could be worth loads of go money. Back yeah. out. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could find the solution there to the, yeah. the old, um, cash flow issue. Dustin, can I ask you a personal question? Of course no you can, Mario. I, I know you have your own political party, right? Yeah. But let's say it came to a situation where you might have to go into a coalition. Yeah. Who would you be sort of preferring? Would you be preferring the Sinn Féin, the Fine Gael? Oh, no, ain't two, ain't two. Ain't two? Yeah, because we could double our seats. <laughs> they only get one. So if I get one, then we, you know. Yeah. And that's, you know, great journeys start with tiny steps. That's, that's what it. it is. But Mary Lou. having a laugh. Mary, you're having a laugh. You haven't got a party. You've got a seat. Mary Lou, for example. Yeah. Are you a fan of Mary Lou? Ah, oh, Mary Lou's great crack. Yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's great yeah. crack, yeah. yeah. We'll be all watching. Will you be propping up the government or will you be going in with the opposition? That Your, your fate could depend. On this. Well, I could be the government, Jen. You know the way. Like, I get a lot of poultry in there. I have a lot of pals around the place. I have Big Bird, Mr. Crow, Vogue Williams. <laughs> yeah, I have mean, loads. We, we could have an overall majority, Jen. Be brilliant. <laughs> and then the seagulls would be on the dinner plates this Christmas. Yeah, they would be. You change that. That'd be your first policy. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. veganism. Veganism across the board. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think <laughs> no we should all it. just transfer. <laughs> yeah. Paxo banned from the shelves. Aldi, do you sell Paxo? Porrick? Huh? What you are, have your own stuffing brand. I used to like it, Porrick. Aldi do brand. Aldi, Aldi do turkeys, right? Aldi do turkeys. Sorry yeah. about that, Dustin. All right, all right. No, I, no, 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 but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying they, they do. do very, very nice they like turkeys. turkeys. All right, all right. Are you sure now that they're okay? You're okay with this? No, that, that's fine. It's fine. Like, I wouldn't be petty about that. I wait to get me Christmas hamper, then I'll walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very low standards. I think you're very low standards in the poultry before people party. Like, you're skating very close to the wind now, doing a podcast for Aldi near Christmas. Ah, look, it's brilliant. Do you think crack. this through? No, I just love the middle aisles. I just love Aldi. It's great crack. Oh, yeah. They always say, you, you, go, you go in to buy your, you know, to buy your pound of butter or whatever. Only two ninety nine, by the way. A lot cheaper than regular brands. You know? <laughs> and then you come out with your, um, you know, your snow machine and, and your basically your all your DIY equipment. <laughs> that that I still haven't opened yet. But that's us builders. We, yeah, we, we, yeah. One, day, one, yeah. day. one day. One day. Yeah, one day. Yeah, one day we'll be there. Yeah. Aldi middle aisles. I'll do the ads for them. 
told you I can't wink, blink, but, but you know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ping pong balls for eyes. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem, Jim. Why don't you do Dancing with the Stars, by the way? You've never done That's Dancing with the Stars. That's what we want to do. There's no legs. Uh, that. <laughs> That's right. actually true. It's, it's, you could be a judge. Yeah. <laughs> you could be a judge. I, you, I, I do. Sorry, I just found him. You could be a judge. <laughs> I could be a judge. Yeah. But you're right about the legs, and that was that was it's actually always, me. Yeah. No, that was me breaking the fourth wall, and I'm sorry for that. No, that's true. I have no legs. There's nothing I can do. No, no, there. I know you have no yeah. legs, but you could be a judge. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right, lads, we better wrap this up. So a huge thank you to my guests, Mario Rosenstock and Dustin the Turkey. If there's a guest that you'd like to have on or you want to get in touch, just go to the website aldi.ie forward slash mamia. Lads, will we sing them out? Oh, yeah, why yeah. not? It's Christmas, that. isn't it? It Not is Christmas. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the does what? Dublin Gospel Choir are busy. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Carlo Gospel. <laughs> the, the bus broke down. Okay, Dustin Gospel Choir. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I get it. I get it. I think we have it. I think we have it. Come on, you're good, Jenga. I think we have it. Happy Christmas. <laughs> I'm sitting here on the side of the road Trying to get rid of this festive load I tell a Christmas tree to a friend or a foe But it's like selling ice to an Eskimo The Plumpty Dumpties worked overtime To deliver an Aldi Christmas that was simply divine Fresh old Irish turkeys from 8 99 On sale from 20th December And in store now, horseshoe hams from 12 79 Christmas puddings from only $1.69. Deep-filled mince pie six-pack only 99 cent. And up to 20% off all specially selected wines. Superior bottles for making a toast. A sensational choice for any host. Aldi, share the love this Christmas. Get the facts, be drinkaware, visit drinkaware.ie.